I can't remember an election when there has been such a yawning chasm between the two possible futures for this country. America first. America first. What we are against is the teaching of contested political ideas as if they are accepted facts. The British are too big to bully. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. This is the last stand on earth. The last stand on earth. Hello and welcome back to The Other View. Uh, apologies, we haven't been around the last couple of weeks. We've all been taking summer holidays and going off here, there and everywhere. So we've been a bit busy. So apologies, there hasn't been an episode. I know a couple of you have been waiting patiently for, for today. So hope you enjoy what we're going to talk about. Um, I think the biggest thing that's sort of been in the, the headlines the last week or so, um, and maybe before with the discussions with the Joint Committee on Vaccines and Immunisation ruling against giving vaccines to kids, and then the four chief medical examiners, medical officers, and now the government deciding that they're going to disregard that advice and go ahead with it anyway. Um, so vaccines are going to start being start given to anyone between 12 and 15 in schools um, from as early as, well, probably starting the day you listen to this, I think. Um, so what's people's thoughts on that? Uh, well, it just shows really, you know, they've been say- the government's been saying the entire time um, that, oh, you know, we follow the science, we follow the science. But it seems to be they're following subjective science. So they listen to science when they want to and then choose when they don't. Um, I think the other thing as well is obviously I know that they won't have to have parental consent either um, when taking the jab. So I just think it's it's sort of uh, outlandish and sort of um, odd that they keep saying they're following the science. Disregard the science. Yeah. And then also have no parental consent involved so the kids can just decide when they want to and when they don't. Well, it- the they have to prove that they're competent and understand the risks. It's not as it's not a straightforward. Then they need parental consent as the standard. Um, is my understanding, but they can have it without parental consent if they can prove that they're mentally competent enough to to have it with understanding the risks. If that makes sense. I wonder what the test will be to prove a 12-year-old is mentally competent enough. Well, no one under the age of 13 has ever been proven competent under this test. It's got it's like, it's, um, what's it called? The Gilesk test or something like that. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation. Uh, but it's something like that. It's a, it's a, a court test. A, a judge has to conduct it. Um, and this is what they use on other medical procedures. If the, It started in, was it 1996? Um there was a case where someone, a, a girl wanted to start using contraception, like the medical contraception, and her parents wouldn't let her. Um, but she was. this was the, the method they used to prove that, and then that's become the, the legal precedent for any medical procedure nowadays. Uh, but I know I agree. I think consent for something like this is necessary. It should be necessary. But I guess there's always going to be kids that want to disagree on a rebel against their parents yeah just just rebel yeah um I, I i think having them in having them in schools is is a bad as well because you'll have kids that are then peer pressured into taking it if they don't want to mm. because I mean, it, go you go you go no, it's not. just say 
you know, ignoring the slight hypocrisy that was about for the science and the, you know, the health minister saying, no, actually, we'll do this anyway. That the point of like, what, 12, 13 year olds being vaccinated? I don't know. I'm sort of, uh, I'm sort of mixed on it. Because on the one hand, it just sort of made me a bit uncomfortable that it would be giving, you know, 12 and 13 year olds COVID vaccines. When you think you get your first vaccines when you what, a couple of years old. But so I don't know, there's that side of me. But the other side, it just doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. Especially something that doesn't actually pose that much of a yeah. Because I think the the reason the JCVI um, said no originally, the Joint Commission on Vaccines and Immunisation, was that I think it's something like the number of children who the chance of a child being hospitalised by COVID is one in a million. Whereas the chance of the child getting the heart inflammation side effect of the COVID vaccine is about six or seven in a million. So we are dealing with small numbers, but even so, the number is seven times greater, six, seven times greater risk associated with the vaccine than it is with just catching COVID. Yeah, I mean, at that point, it's, it's sort of a no-brainer, really, isn't it? I mean, yeah. It's- I, I do think there's, there's a part of me that just sort of thinks, um, why? Why would the government disregard the advice of the GCBI, JCBI? So the reason the reason that Chris Whitty gave in the the briefing yes, um, when he they announced the decision was that um, if children didn't have the vaccine, then COVID cases would continue to rise and thus schools would end up closing again. And then that would affect the mental health of children and thus giving them vaccines would help their mental health was basically the logic behind the reasoning. Oh, okay. Um, Well, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with that logic because I don't think vaccines should be used as a mental health support. No, like, no, if I, people, COVID if cases people, are going to rise regardless of, of, yeah, of, of, yeah. of what you You can still pass COVID with the vaccine. Exactly. We've seen that with the evidence coming out of Israel and America with regards to the vaccine that, and the UK, to be honest, um, that uh, the vaccine doesn't really affect too much the amount you can spread it. No. Which is why, which is why there's such an argument against um, uh, vaccine passports. And mandates because there's very little evidence that that even help. No, it, it just seems so odd to me. The, the reasoning behind it just seems so odd. And you know, I don't want to sort of moving into uh, conspiracy theorist waters here, but I definitely understand where they're uh, concerned when scientists say, "I don't think we should do this," and governments just go, oh, "We'll do it anyway." Yeah. Yes. Well, anyone, anyone want to add anything else on that front? Just say, let's not forget that one of the ways government are trying to get people to be vaccinated is through a sort of blackmail where they say you have to get the vaccine and you can go to the pub. It's very much if you want to do this, you've got to get the vaccine, which is which I mean, you know, it's worked. But let's just forget. Let's not forget that's how they've gone about it. 
Yeah. Okay. So the next next topic, the next uh, big story, so to speak, that's been on the on the on the the headlines in the last couple of weeks is the proposed. This is a sort of a combination: the proposed rise to national insurance, making it was it the largest tax increase since the Second World War, or something like that. Something stupid like that, which is obscene from a supposedly fiscally conservative government but then I guess if you're not going to stick to the uh, social conservatism why would you stick to the fiscal conservatism I mean so that's not surprising but yeah so what people's thoughts on the national insurance rise to fund social care and the NHS so they say so according according to the government's report apparently this will hurt working families the most I know what don't get me wrong I haven't looked into this massively it was from that UK fact check politics Instagram. <laughs> and, you know, they're they're very left. You know, they often sort of will uh, take into context. But um, if that's true, as you said, Jacob, it, it, this just seems to be the least conservative conservative government. I mean, they're, they're sort of doing everything that, can, that you shouldn't be doing as a conservative, taking away civil liberties and raising taxes. It's sort of. It's all just mm. sort of thrown in the bucket at this point and said, oh, well, you know, we're not doing one half. Let's just give up. Mm-hmm. I think you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but I think that this tax rise will hurt working people more is they will see in real term a bigger proportion of their wages going to taxes than the rich people, even though the rich people will still pay a high percentage. I think that was yeah where that's come from. Because it's because it's not based on yeah. based not based on income, the high proportion of your wages. So, the, but everyone is paying the same percentage of income of national insurance. I think is the way it works out, something like that. But then, if you earn over a certain amount, it doesn't turn off that. But the argument, I, I, I don't, I don't, I think it's unnecessary. I think there are better ways of making money, or should I say, saving money on the NHS than raising national insurance but to play devil's advocate would everybody is going to need social care and if everyone needs it shouldn't everyone have to pay equally yeah i mean i don't think there's much debate that the, the nhs and social care needs reform and it needs fixing but with especially nhs the answer isn't just throw money at it and keep throwing more and more and more money every year yeah. We actually got to reform it. And I think this is something that governments keep failing to do and keep failing to accept. But yeah, yeah. I think we all probably are a majority of the population will need to use social care in, in the future. And that does have to be paid for, especially we've got one of like the worst economies we've ever had now coming out with COVID. And we do have to find ways to pay for things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I sort of agree that, you know, we do need to find a way to pay for things, but I it, I think I've said this before. The NHS has almost become untouchable in a sense. The government yeah. can't dare criticise its, 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 its usefulness or they're sort of attacking the very heart of our nation is almost what they'll be accused of doing. Yeah. Um, and I, they, I saw a few things. You know, you've got diversity training supervisor whatever they are on ridiculous amounts of money annually 
Yeah. Um, maybe that maybe that's the way to start. So cut these ridiculous things with the NHS that cost the taxpayer more money. It just seems unnecessary. Well, this works it. Um, past week, I saw on GB News that the NHS is hiring uh, 42 new executives, um, each with a salary of £270,000, up, like up to £270,000 each. It's a joke. Absolute joke. Is that, according to the BBC's own research, the NHS is, was it, £7, seven billion pound a year they're wasting? And that's old research. There's probably more now. And that's yeah, on... I mean- over, over, overly complimenting, overly complicating admin and bureaucracy, and on just unnecessary procedures and equipment, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, I mean this culture of the NHS. This what it feels like is obviously now becoming damaging in the sense that you you can't criticize it, yeah, um, and you can't look at reforming it, um. Uh, why that is not an option, I don't know. Probably because of all this cut the care stuff that happened over COVID. And, you know, you, you see signs everywhere now. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, we love you, NHS. That's not a bad thing to be proud of the National Health Service. But it's like they, they, they complain they haven't got enough money and then spend time writing. Did you see that blog post on their website, on the NHS senior leadership website? Uh, dear white, like, dear white, white people, people in the UK. People. Yeah. yeah. Don't be defensive. Don't say I'm not political. Don't you don't have to be vocal, but do listen. Work on your empathy. Be uncomfortable. Blah 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 blah. Love, I mean, you've got to love it when your national health service becomes political. Yeah, your national totally unpolitical. Well, it's not unpolitical, is it? Let's be honest. It's about no, as unpolitical as the co-op is. Yeah, it's the, just, the co-op. Uh, the co-op, in case people aren't aware, has its own political party with thirteen MPs. In defence of the co-op, they do supply lots of British food and produce. Slap they slap Union Jack and everything. There we are. Exactly. So. Yeah, but that's to help with the environmental impact. So Not don't, they're actually don't burn the co-op. Um, yeah. Speaking of uh, fiscal hypocrisy, on the flip side and on the other, well, no, forget that's that. The pond. No, 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 no. We didn't do a. So on the same time as raising national insurance on work on, on people, they're also now ploughing ahead with the £20 cut on universal credit that was... Because they raised it at the start of the pandemic, didn't they? Um, and now they're going to bring it back down to what it was before um, because it was only temporary and people are complaining that it's going to leave... Was it leave... Can't remember the exact figures the Trustle Trust said, um, but it's going to leave a quite reasonably large proportion of families having to skip meals every week or something like that if they go down to £20 below. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't know what people think on that front. Should should it's, And I think it's the, the, largest, the largest cut to social security since the Second World War is what the Trustle Trust was saying. So I don't know what people's takes on that is. Yeah, but Social Security did get a big boost during COVID as well. Yeah, exactly. And you just thought, you're taking, but that £20 booster was only ever temporary. It was only yeah. ever a booster. And now it's being taken away. So maybe, yeah. as they said it would, it was extended. It's been took away now. Uh, 
and, I, and I'd guess taking all that back would proportionally make it seem worse than it probably is. Because it's also worth remembering that the new data coming up for today from the ONS is that there are currently one million, over one million job vacancies across the country. And those aren't all those those aren't all skilled jobs because they're crying out for fruit pickers, for waiters, waitresses. Oh, yeah, there's, there's labour shortages. Yeah, there's huge huge swathes of labour labour shortages. Like yeah, I mean, it, oh, obviously some of them do require training, like lorry drivers. Um, that requires yeah. extra training. Like um, I get the bus to work every morning, and or like a large percentage of the bus drivers have decided it's more economically lucrative to go and become lorry drivers. So all the buses have been cancelled and there's, they're only doing yeah, half we're, routes. We're, and... we're having the same thing here as well. There's been a uh, uh, first buses, which is the, they're, they've had a shortage of drivers as well. Yeah. Cause they've all decided that lorry driving is better value for money. Yeah. I so the whole, the whole economy is now ground to a halt because there's no buses instead of lorries now. It's stupid. I mean, they were crying out for lorry drivers, so it was a, you know, you get lorry yeah. drivers, you lose buses. Yeah, it seems that way. But it's a, it's a tricky one to seem to... It's, it's hard when dealing with issues of social security and with other things to seem to come across as caring. Yeah. Well, you can come across as unfeeling, can't you, when you sort yes. of say... Yeah, it doesn't need to happen, I and mean, you don't sort of seem very, very unempathetic. Yeah, because a lot of people seem, people seem to think that the only option is social security or no social security, and thus people need social security because they don't have the income otherwise. And thus, if you're camp, if you don't believe in social security, then you're uncaring. What a horrible person you are! But there are alternatives, like charitable support would be the alternative that conservatives should normally would fiscal conservatives would normally be more inclined to lean on or to to champion encourage communities to you know exactly help each other out to be more yeah and as i think we said before when the free school meals was turned when the government didn't do free school meals the whole community vibe of rallying together these businesses these shops cafes restaurants doing three school meals is how communities should run. Yeah. With the yeah. cultures become too invigilistic recently in the last sort of couple of decades, but the, the sense of community and helping each other out has just been lost. Um, and thus, if you champion that community vibe, you're seen as uncaring when in fact, I would sort of posture that you're being quite the opposite. It's much more, it's much, surely it's much nicer if you're struggling to be helped by your community and have ample support rather than working on the string budget that the government is able to pull together for you. No, yeah, I, no, I agree. Um, in, to, in, to, in terms of the, obviously I think that there are obviously plenty of genuine cases where the government does need to step in and the state does need to step in to help people. Um, but at the same time, I don't even think there's any data on this, but I, I, I can't remember where I've heard it, but I have heard before 
that there are like I'll give an example, a real world example that I've dealt with personally. So there are people that my family know of who were claiming benefits of the government using national insurance and that. Um, yet they're buying packs of fags every day, cigarettes. Now, how much is how much is a, a pack of cigarettes now? And there's two of them buying it every day. They've got yeah. a Netflix subscription, which is five ninety nine a month. Yeah, and they got Sky T- and they got Sky TV. Yeah, but then they're telling the government that they have to skip meals. Now, I'm not saying that's everyone, and by no means, no, by no means it is. But I, I, I do wonder sometimes if there are a large amount of people just abusing the system. Yeah, and that's when the system becomes faulty. There are, there are definitely plenty of people who do genuinely need help. Currently, they get that help from the government, but there are alternatives that we've mentioned. But there are also definitely lots of people who do scrounge off the state and live a lavish lifestyle with that. Didn't Iceland have signs saying that um, free school meal vouchers can't be used for things like cigarettes and alcohol? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's something like that, yeah. Obviously, that has to happen before you put a sign up. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's silly. Yeah, yeah. Well, from one case of uh, fiscal hypocrisy to another, um, this week was the Met the the, the Met Gala in a this huge, lavish, totally non environmentally friendly. Um, event in America for celebrities and posh people and who knows who else. Anyone who's got a name you'd know but was probably there. Um, anyone from Lewis Hamilton to Emma Raducanu to Alexandria Casio cortez uh, Speaking of which, um, did people see her dress? Mm, capitalism sucks. Tax the rich. Yeah. Where did I get? Where did I get that from? I don't know. <laughs> tax the rich, and then tax well, the I mean, rich. Yeah. Tax. I mean, the dress should really say uh, "tax myself" would be more fitting. Yeah, yeah. Or, or tax the people in this room. Yeah. Bearing, bearing, so the Met, the Met Gala for those that are maybe haven't followed the news, or because to be honest, I want particularly understanding of what on earth it was before I saw it all this news. Is it about thirty thirty thousand dollars US dollars a ticket? You have to pay to get a ticket. Um so AOC had obviously paid that ticket in. Um her dress was about a thousand pound custom designer dress. Um and I saw some reports that she'd paid to have a table a stand, a table stand there or something like that, which is somewhere between a hundred and two hundred thousand pound thousand dollars or something like that. And there she is championing the cause of socialism and communism at a party with probably some of the richest people in America. Um, it just seems. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, le- the level of hypocrisy Yeah, I mean, I imagine she's on an extremely comfortable wage to be splashing it, out thirty thousand dollars to 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 buy a ticket. Is it a hundred and 
£76,000 a year she gets or something like that. The majority of working class Americans that she claims to love so much are nowhere near. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. Um, and this is, again, is where you hit the hypocrisy, isn't it? You know, you're talk, constantly talking about how um, capitalism's you know, hurting the working man, all this, all that. And then you go to an extremely exclusive event full of a, a lot of many rich people millionaires um who are all living very comfortable lifestyle have no idea what yeah. it's like to be a working class person yep but then you've got the yeah. then you've got the the audacity to put on your dress tax the rich <laughs> at least at least bernie was honest and said yeah i'm rich and i'll pay more tax under my plan but that's all right aos these sort of people just completely ignore that and just completely ignore themselves and focus on Bill Gates. Yeah. <laughs> Again, they can't um, talk about how socialism is so great. I mean, it's great for them because they're all millionaires. Yeah. Well, there's always, always, socialism is always great for people that are in charge. Just look at Stalin or yeah. Mao Zedong or whoever. Or when the food runs any... out, it's not, them that, it's not them that get hurt because they, no, no, they, no. they can leave or they can do anything. Exactly. The people in power who bring in socialism never get affected by it because it doesn't count towards them they just live the lavish lifestyle they always have yep. it's the working it's the tradition it's the, the 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 working class normal people that and everyone in between that gets killed by their policies or dies of starvation or put in labor camps because they won't work hard enough yeah i mean this is the problem you, you always get with people like AOC, is that she, she seems to sort of think that, um, you know, people won't notice this and things like that. I mean, you've got to think, what, what, what was she thinking? I mean, surely she's fully aware that where she's going is extremely exclusive and not many people can pay $30,000 a ticket. That's probably some, that's probably more than a lot of Americans do. It's, it's, again, you just hit the hypocrisy. Yeah. And do you remember when she was complaining about her grandmother and the the fact that her grandmother hadn't got the aid because the like the Trump had sent it to Puerto Rico and it hadn't funneled down, et cetera, et cetera. She was complaining about how her grandmother's house was in Puerto Rico was in such a state because of some hurricane or storm or whatever. And was, I'm sure she can afford to buy her grandmother. Anyway. Well, this this is what this is what people turn around and said is that well you've got the money, and then and then a group of conservatives. Um, like Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire was spearheading it, I think. He set up a GoFundMe campaign and said, okay, we'll show her that conservatives aren't just the really awful, horrible people she thinks we are. So they raised uh, tens of thousands of pounds for her grandmother so she could redo her house. And then AOC got in touch with GoFundMe and told them to take the fundraiser down because she didn't need it. It's like, well, you've oh. just complained. You've just complained about the lack of money and there you are taking it back. Anyway, um, I guess the, 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 other, the other bit of hypocrisy um, to come out of the Met Gala was, I don't know if you saw some of the photos, and it was the same at Obama's birthday party that we talked about last time. Um, all of the servers, waiters, waitresses, wearing their masks like they're 
ordered to, and then their masters, I, I, I mean celebrities, all wandering around, wandering around completely mask-free as if there's nothing going on um, whilst their slate, slate servant, um, servers um, have to keep their masks on in the heat. It's, it's, they're living in a bubble, aren't they, essentially? You know, the celebrities. Celebs, yeah, yeah, the celebs that sort of have all this money and this, this influence. Mm. They're almost disconnected from... I wouldn't say disconnected from reality, but they're disconnected from... Well, yeah, they are. They're disconnected from mm. reality, in a sense. Um, you know, you've got the majority of people... Because, let's be fair, in the last... Um, uh, it's all the pandemic. I think everyone would agree... It's not the rich that are being hit by this. They're fine. The rich have got richer. Yeah, exactly. They're, if anything, they're doing better than they were before, right? And all this they are. They are. Have, have not been Statistically touched proven. By. Yeah, they've not been touched by COVID in any way. They're fine. They're fine. But it's all these, again, these waitresses and waitresses who probably have just got to get tips to live. Hmm who have then been forced to wear masks. I mean, can you imagine how that would feel knowing that you're barely scrounging by and you've got, you've been suffering in this pandemic. You've still got to wear your mask and you go in a room full of millionaires and they're not wearing any. I, I, all I can say is... Would spoil, would, spoil, would, spoil, would spoil their expensive outfits that they probably paid more than most oh, yeah, of those wages are making a year. would be so disappointed. Yeah. So, yeah. Some of those outfits that they were wearing were probably, they probably spent more on those outfits than most of those waitresses making a year. Oh, yeah. You could get like yeah. an Armani face mask, you know, to complement the outfit. Ah, uh, true, true, true. You could spend one of the waitresses a week's worth of one of the waitresses' wages on a <laughs> on a designer face mask. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the same with a lot of companies. I mean, again, I speak from experience. Um, when I was working for Domino's, Domino's company policy was that staff all now still have to keep wearing masks. Customers though don't. And I, you know, I'm doing that. And customers aren't coming in on millionaires. Um, but that definitely made me... But I bet the bosses. Well, I mean, sure, you know, that would make anyone feel crap, right? Sitting mm. in a restaurant, wearing, wearing this mask, roasting alive in your ovens, and you've got this thing over your nose and mouth. And then people walk in and they go, hi, and they've got nothing on. So again, I just Looks can't... They've got nothing on at all. Well, nothing on this, no masks on. I hope they had something on. No wonder you were getting all hot. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons why I quit. People coming in with nothing on. It's disgraceful. He's watched people. Oof. On that note, all right. Yes. Let's not get personal now. <laughs> yep. Okay. So that's all for this week, I'm afraid. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening into the, the conversation. Um, you can let us know your thoughts on the three things, a couple of things we've talked about. Um, you can send us a voice message on the link in the description, or you can uh, hit us up in, in messages on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, also, if you want to suggest something we can discuss next week, maybe if you see a new story that you think you want to get us our opinions on next time, uh, send it our way and we might, might may very well feature it in the episode um, until then you can carry on the conversation using the hashtag TOV podcast 
Um, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and we will see you all next time. Thank you very much. And goodbye. Long live the cause of freedom. <laughs> <laughs>